Spider Baby, hurry down the chimney tonight. Spider Baby. Yep. Hey. Yeah. What's happening? Cool, cool daddy O. What's happening there? Spider Baby. Spider Baby. Spider Baby. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I spent a couple days in the country. Went to uh went to see mom and a few friends up in the country. And uh, that was nice. Hey, mom, if you're listening, that was a really uh, great, great couple of days. And um, uh, so I'm good. I'm rested back in Brooklyn. Drinking. I'm drinking some iced coffee. Iced coffee. Um, I'm beer. As is my want. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, quiet week, uh, getting work done, uh, watching some TV, reading some uh, Matt Helm. Okay, you're still on that. Uh, you're still you're still gonna go all twenty seven novels, right? I don't I don't know that I'll read all twenty seven novels, but uh, I've got my Kindle. I got the second in the series out of the library on my Kindle, and it's I'm a bit reading. of a backtrack. No, last week you were like gonna read all twenty. This is happening. Oh, I'll, I'll, okay. All right, then I'm going to read all 27. I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. It just seems like it was a, it was a very exciting, and now it's like it is exciting. It's if, it's, if I want to, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> well, it's great. It's great stuff. It's it it's right up there with the um, with the uh, Travis McGee. You know. It's, okay. And I can't believe that I have never come across this before now. Well, if it's if if you're saying it's uh, up there with Travis, that's high. That's high praise. Yeah, it's, that is some high praise. It's really good stuff. Um, and I watched uh, on your recommendation. I watched Fear Street. Oh, okay. Which feeds the whole the whole thing. The whole thing. Oh wow. Yeah. So Fear Street, which is it's a trilogy, uh, movie trilogy that just uh, dropped on Netflix. That's doing well. Yeah. And it was uh, it was quite good. It's entertaining. It yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, for R.L. Stein, you know, it's it's actually pretty uh, risque and and exciting and very mature. I would yeah, say. I know that he wrote older older people stuff. I I think it's maybe updated. I don't know if he did write older people stuff. I this may be kind of like, you know. No, I think I think this was a series that he wrote for that was uh like like YA. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And what YA these days is um you know, YA these days is a whole different ball game from YA when we were kids. YA stands for uh, why not anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. YA is uh gets into all kinds of stuff that uh, you know, when I was a kid, YA was uh, the Hardy Boys. YA was like, you know, Judy Bloom was like, yeah. you know, the hard stuff was like, you know, a couple of pages of a Judy Bloom book. Yeah. No, but now they deal with uh, YA deals with all kinds of issues of sexuality and, and gender and divorce and drug addiction and mental health problems. You know, the fun, the fun kid stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then you throw in some ghouls, blood sucking ghouls and. For fun. Like just for fun to keep it light yeah um how do you know so much about this are about, you an ad book editor or something yeah i do i edit uh i edit books oh wow. jesus side. who am i talking to here so i i have to i have to i have to keep up yeah i have to keep up with the with the trends and and also i have i have kids who not too recently passed through the ya uh um, years and I did a lot of I would often read books that they were reading so that I could um, no, not know what they were reading and and I also always felt that if I was going to be telling them hey this is a great book you've got to read it that they were much more likely to listen to me if when they said to me hey this is a great book you've got to read it if I went out and picked it up and read it and then could talk to them about it Sure. Like they would, they would maybe listen to it. Didn't work, but that that was the theory. Um, it didn't work at all. <laughs> it worked. No, it actually did work to an extent. 
I mean, it worked, uh, it worked so well with my son that when he went off to college, he dropped his, his first name and took on his middle name, which was a literary, uh, yeah. Know, literary. Yeah. Name. Uh, as you know, you, you do know. I've heard that story, but uh, the people out there, people don't know my son's middle name is Atticus. And, uh, uh, we thought it was too much to saddle a kid with that name, with that moniker as a first name when he was little. Now he's like, giddy up. Let's go. He texted me the other day and said, uh, that, that there's, he just moved. He and his, um, girlfriend just moved into a new apartment and there's a, a little bookstore near them. And he texted me the other morning and told me that the bookstore has a cat named Catechus, which is brilliant. Pretty nice. He's found his he's found his block to hang out yeah. on. Apparently, yeah. that's great. Yeah, that's great. Oh, they're in this great new apartment. The they have a huge balcony and they look out on. Uh, since this is a film show, uh, a show where we talk about movies, I think I can tell you they look out on the Rocky Steps. Which That's, is uh, uh, what is that? What is is that the, the steps from the movie am, Rocky? Right, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. What is I that? The step, but but it's the steps to something. What is it? The steps it's to? The it's Philadelphia like Philadelphia Museum of Art. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. And it's called the Rocky Steps. Well, it's it which is. is a weird. You know, it's very poetic, actually. Colloquial. The Rocky, the Rocky Steps. Yes, colloquial because it is. It's hard and for him. It was a rocky ride as well. Yeah. So another interesting uh, detail, cinematic detail that you could tell your students. Okay. So this conversation is going nowhere. Um, I think it is. I I, I think, um, do you know that you have like an incredibly, you have like a searchlight from Blue Thunder. Roy Scheider is actually behind you right now, shooting a beam of light into the lens of the camera, into the back of your head, which is lighting up the room like you don't, it looks like your room is fake. It's so well lit right now. It actually yeah. looks like you have a fake background. Here's the problem. There's a big chandelier. I can turn off the chandelier. And if I turn off the chandelier, everything just goes completely dark. What does that look like, though? Here, I'll, here what I'll do is I'll, I'll reach over here and I'll put on my... Uh, I'll turn on my um, loom, loom cube. Right. If you do I'll, that. Okay. And let's yeah, see. I mean, look, you, don't, you only need that. We'll do a cool. I think this. I think Spider Baby deserves this. Is this better for, from both of us? Okay. This, so this is better uh, for for tonight's show. For tonight. Oh, okay. I mean, who cares? No one's watching. I feel like so, I. Look, it's for are, us. There are lots of people watching. They mom, might be listening. Yeah, my later. mom. Mom is watching. So. Um. No, Spider Baby uh, deserves a little mood lighting for both of us. Okay. Spider Baby. That's I didn't mean to that we we had to start we had to start. No, we can we can start unless you have I have nothing interesting to report. Um, if you have some interesting stuff to tell me about your week, not really. No. Okay. Well, then let's um let's get to work here then. Uh, Spider Baby. Uh oh, wait. We have to we have to clean up our language and you know be careful because you know mom. Oh, watching. she's watching. She's watching. So we have okay. to. We got to behave. Uh, yeah, clean it up. Wash your mouth out. Clean it up. Tidy up your room back there Spider too. By the way, baby, this is some epic Manson level shit going this is on. It's some weird. It's some oh, weird stuff, isn't it? My God. Yeah. This this is a crazy movie. Yeah. And also, the whole movie is a little bit like a a long form Second City improv gone nuts, gone very wrong somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it also sports a tarantula scene to beat anything that was ever in a Bond movie. It's it is is as an arachnophobe, I can tell you, it's it's pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, no fake spiders in this movie. No, no, maybe one or two that they put in the food at one point. Yeah, when they're eating them, maybe. Yeah, but um, it's almost like uh, you know, the Manson thing you said is right on. It's like a, it's like a, a, it's 
I wonder if it was inspired actually because it was it came out in no it came out in '67 so it was made before Manson. Well, there may have been some uh, inspiration going on, but I think it was the other way. Maybe Charlie. Oh, he got some ideas Charlie from the movie and thought, "Hey, I'm yeah. down with that." Well, the other stuff that did is like you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is this is all Spider Baby? We owe a lot to Spider Baby. Yes. It's also like the Munsters took acid. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. totally the monsters took acid. And yeah. you can also, you can trace a straight line from, you know, there's German expressionism in this movie. There's, there's uh, Nosferatu in this yes. movie. Yes. There's, yeah. there's a character who's like a combination of Nosferatu and Harpo Marx having yes. a baby. Yes. Yes. There's Peter Laurie in M yes. is in this movie. <laughs> Martin Balsam in Psycho yeah. is in this movie. Uh, you know, it's it's incredible. I'm glad you 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 got the references and liked it and stuck with it because it's 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 really like this no budget back lot, like way in the back lot, right. which it's almost which, which interestingly you, starts out with a, with like the little rascals grown up. Yes. Right. The begin the opening sequence is something out of Little well, Rogers. I mean, uh, it's just there's so much to be said. Okay, so let's let's tell everybody what it is. I mean, I, we, we we give them a parameter here. This is 1967's uh, Spider Baby, <clears throat> directed directed by Jack Hill, who is notable for. Uh, also directing um, Foxy Brown uh, and uh, Coffee and a lot of big exploitation movies and famous black exploitation movies, and was famous for inventing the women in prison exploitation genre. Which you know, where would we be without? Where it? would culture be without it? <laughs> uh, anyway, he's you know he's more than a footnote in this whole kind of crazy grindhouse midnight movie cult movie thing so we What's, have him to thank for you know without him we wouldn't have ilsa she wolf of the ss no you wouldn't probably but nor would you have jackie brown really you know so wow. um and uh, so anyway it's it's a movie from him he wrote it and directed it and it's this black and white movie that's clearly um it's like a Roger Corman movie. It's not like a Ed Wood movie. You think maybe you're going to see be seeing it Ed Wood movie. And it's right. not it's not that bad. I mean, there are things in it that are really cheapo, but it's not as bad as an Ed Wood movie, right? No, you know, yeah, no, because there's no. some smart there's some smart funny things in it too. Like it doesn't it's not all stupid. Some of it actually like, in particular, um, I think Quinn Redeker. <laughs> Yeah. Well, before we get into those specifics, g g give give our audience a little more of the, the story. Let's give them the background okay. of the story. So um, uh, basically, the story is about the um, the Mary family. There's a, a family uh, uh, that goes back hundreds of years that has been cursed by uh, a disease that afflicts uh, some of the uh, members of the family. And the disease is a retroactive aging. So they become more infantile as they get, as they grow older. It's kind of a Benjamin Button thing. But um, only emotionally. But, but they do at some point then regress to prehistoric forms of being, they say. There's a, they, they oh, do. Right. At the very end. At the last stage of it is actually physical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I think, where you think Sid Haig is headed there, you know. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And um, so that's the setup. And the last remaining members of the family live on this like psycho ranch. It's like a combination of Spawn Ranch and the psycho house, li yeah. literally. And um, it, it, the, the setup is basically that uh, the the people who have the rightful ownership to the land and the actual the actual family who has legal rights is now claiming this uh, homestead and wants to put the children in foster care yeah the cousins uh, the cousins yeah and uh you know the people that live in the house 
being Lon Chaney Jr., who oversees these two voluptuous vampiric girls, and uh, and a not so voluptuous Sid Haig. Right. And Lon Chaney's not a member of the family. He's the 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 butler, the the major domo, who who swore to the parents, the father of the children, that he would take care of them and never abandon them. Right. Um, what's that TV show? It's not the courtship of Eddie's father. It's the it's the uh, other one with David oh, Keith, right. Brian the Keith. With Brian Keith. Yeah. It's like this, uh, is like family, Brian Keith's show. It's like Family Affair. Family Affair. If if they oh, were cannibalistic wow. schizophrenics, inbred <laughs> <Yeah>. inbred cannibal <laughs> people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's the setup, and the movie starts out with a. With, it starts out with a bang. Like you can't. You really just can't get over this opener, because you got you get you got Mantan Moreland, who who I don't know. I, this must have been late in the in the career of Mantan. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. Not the last thing he did. But. No, he did like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He had like ten things after this. He went on forever. He survived. So, uh, just you know, an incredible character actor shows up on a little moped and doesn't. He's a postal worker and he doesn't want to deliver this letter because he's heard there's haunt. This house is haunted. It's bad. Right. And boy, is it! What an opener. Yeah. Oh boy. D David Lynch was paying attention. Yes, yes, he was. He was at school that day that they showed this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Manton Moreland had, my God, did he have a career. He was in the Palm Beach story. That's what I'm saying. He's he's one of the, he's, he's incredible. The fact that they got him for a day, they clearly had a day with him. Right. And they just like, okay, what about you're the post guy, the postal guy? But he was working all the time. So I don't know. Maybe he, I don't know. Like, I get the feeling I know why Lon Chaney Jr. showed up and I'm sad. It's sad, but, but there is something really tragic to me about him in a way. I don't, I, something he's always playing these tragic figures, but it looked like he was in a similar place that Bela Lugosi was when he was doing Plan 9. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like Mr. Moreland was was like, I've got 20 minutes. I've got to be, I got to, I got to be in Universal Studios. Uh, right. You know, he looks busy. But, but I have to say that Lon Chaney Jr., he brings it in this movie. He's great. He cries in a close-up. He cried. And did you, have you, did you hear what happened that day on the set? Yeah. It was his last day. Yes, I didn't know. I, oh, I didn't know that. But what I know is that they that he got a standing ovation from the crew on that on that monologue. Yeah, and yeah, that's what was, I read too. It was heartbreaking. No, he he just he brought so much to it. It's really it's really something. But he brought a lot of heart to all that stuff. I mean, you remember him as the Wolf Man, right? Like, oh yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was this incredibly sad, morose, tragic, drunken guy, you know? I'm assuming he was drunk, and he looked like he'd been drinking the night before all the time. <laughs> Maybe it's just how he looked. <laughs> I'm working on that. Um, you got a tan, though. You look good. I, he may have had a tan, too. He may have been, you know, all like this ready is, for tennis. This is but... foundation. Um, this is okay. just a lot of foundation. Yeah. So... Was was uh, okay? Now I'd I'd seen this before. Were were you? When did you realize that you weren't seeing the worst thing that that you, in the world? About ten minutes into it. Okay. Uh, I mean, at first I thought this is the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And like then, how am I, how am I going to make it through this? How am I going to make it through this? And yeah. then I think it was when um, when when Jill Banner. I think when Jill Banner killed Manton Moreland. When she cuts his ear off and you're like, that's in a movie in 1967? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Jill Banner, who 
God bless her. You know, we loved her in Deadlier Than the Male. We really loved her in in as Snow White in um, in uh, the President's Analyst. Yeah, yeah. We, we've know. covered it. We've this has been like a film festival for her <laughs> for different by accident. Totally, because we didn't we didn't say let's do the Joel Banner film. No, film. it's and it's odd that we could be we could be randomly picking movies and have an actor as obscure as Jill Banner in three of them. But she's great in this though, too. She really gives her all to spider baby. Yeah. Cause let's, right. let's clarify. She's the, she's the titular character. Yes. And, and just to, to clarify that word in this context means the character who's the movie is named after the title. She is uh, yeah. that. What I meant yeah, to say that, is that, that she's Spider Baby. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what that word means. So excuse me I'm for, for people in the in the, in the listening audience wanna, who might not know that word. I want to be clear. I talk a lot about specificity in, in the yeah. workshops, and I want to uh, be clear. Yeah, we don't want to uh, get into any trouble for using a. No, I, I, no, it's the it's a it's a, just a fancy word for title of move title of the, yeah movie. Yeah, it's called Spider Baby. She's Spider Baby. She's great. She thinks she's a spider. Um, and it's, she if she came at you with those, if she did that routine on on you, how freaked out would you be? That's one of the freakiest things. Oh, in a movie. I, I, I've had dates like that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, I can tell you, it's uh, it's, it's rough. It's yeah. Um, her sister, Beverly Washburn. Um, I'm sorry to say that's the one performance in the movie that that troubles me. Her sister, why? Wait, troubles you? That that I I I felt like every I, it it just seemed Mr. Little... Schnotzler with the Hitler mustache didn't bother you. Wait a minute, Carl <laughs> Carl Schanzer, By the way, that actor Carl Schanzer, who plays Mr. Schlocker. Yes. He went to L.A. City College and uh, based on the year, his age and the years that he went to L.A. City College, where he roomed, I might add, with James Coburn and 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 Robert Vaughn. But I think that he was at L.A. City College at the same time as another actor that we know. Did he? Are you talking about our our father, our, our father. padre? I think he was at L.A. City College. He was there with El Patron. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to ask Dad um, if he was ever in an acting class with Mister with, with yeah. Mr. Sponsor. <laughs> I, I just I want to know where where the mustache came from. Like, where did that idea come from? That was that's a performance. It's watching him creep around the house at night, like half of the movie that you, you have to understand this. This feels like if you've ever seen an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein movie, like, you know, the old Abbott and Costello movies. Yeah. Um, Beverly Washburn was totally talking to Tina from that Twilight episode. Yes. Yes, that's true. Yes. That is true. It is true. It go. It feels like. um uh, thank you, Kevin. Yes, the word titular is it's an official word. Yeah. It's not a naughty word. Um, only Matthew made it a naughty word now for everybody. <laughs> so you can thank him. I'm a bad um, person. Everybody knows. No, that. I'm just saying it was I, I had clean thoughts until I was talking to you. <laughs> I have um, on people. So uh so you think it's going to be terrible. You think you're in plan nine from outer space territory. And then there's some shots that show up that are kind of like great film reference shots. Like Matthew was saying to German expressionist movies. And it was, um, it might've been, it must've been quite something to see this at the time. Yeah. The lighting is, is spectacular, but I I've got to say, I, I can't let go of Carl Schanzer yet. Um, I oh, Okay. The the sequence where he is trying to he's in a limousine, an old fashioned limousine, being driven by Lon Chaney Jr. and he wants Lon Chaney Jr. to he wants to be able to talk to him, but the glass privacy, the glass silence partition is up, 
and the the mime sequence of, of goes on forever trying to communicate the rolling down of the thing was just hysterical it is really funny like they yeah. actually had um they had some funny gags like it's uh you know quinn uh quinn is it redeker quinn, quinn redeker who's i'm sorry brilliant in this he's movie. fantastic in it like he's having actual fun and he's actually a good actor having fun going oh what the hell let's actually try to have some fun yeah when when he's in the convertible and he rolls up the window because he doesn't want to talk to his his friend but he it, yeah. but it's just in a the the the, wind, the top is down but he like there's little details that are just great yeah. a lot of fun a lot of fun um, um and okay sid haig is also a special situation too um because you've got a performance here i i think there's a couple of reasons why this movie has a reputation and why it stands apart from some other films like it uh there 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 is some violence in it that is surprising it 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 actually feels a little bit salacious and wrong well yeah there's a question i need to ask it at some point you can ask that now okay at at a certain point sid haig um well um carol Olmert who plays meryl streep in this movie <laughs> um I'm sorry no she plays she plays the evil cousin who wants to take away the house from her cousins and put them in an institution. Mm -hmm. But she looks for all the world like, I mean, if they did a remake of this or if they did a movie of the making of this movie, it would have to have been a young Meryl Streep playing that role. Meryl Streep in her 40s. It was just, it was yes. so hard. Yes. Um, so Carol Omar, uh, when everything goes to hell and people are getting murdered, uh, Carl Schanzer has been murdered, and Carol Omar, uh, for some reason, has decided to strip down to a Fredericks of Hollywood getup and prance around her bedroom by herself. But then she has to run terrified from, from uh, Sid Haig, mm -hmm. who is going to murder her. And then Sid Haig catches her, throws her to the ground off camera, and, and we believe murders her. And then it turns out he didn't murder her. And she goes chasing after him, apparently to get more of whatever it is that he did. Yeah. And it's I'm sitting here saying, we, we, we saw him throw her to the ground. We know there's cannibalism in the movie. He throws her to the ground, and we hear <laughs> a little bit like a little bit like toast the 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 love scene in Toast of London, where they're trying to dub the where they're trying to dub the porn movie. Right? We hear, yes. He throws her to the ground. Off yeah. camera, we hear <laughs> oh god, oh my god, he's eating her. He like bit her neck, and she's dead. Mm. And then the next thing we see is she's fine. And she's running around looking for him. I'm like, what did he do? Or I guess we know what he did. Yeah, there's I some really there's some amazing stuff. There's some amazing stuff. Oh my god. Yeah. Um that was whoa. I love and they have they they have like a, a wolfman joke, an inside wolfman joke, which is great. Oh fantastic they go to have they they all sit down to dinner and uh somebody references the wolf man and they have lon cheney jr say you know there's a full moon tonight you know yes well not only that but this was actually one of my my favorite moments in the movie was when ann mitchell uh mary mitchell as ann the secretary to the um the lawyer um does an imitation of the money the mummy yes um, which is she does this thing where she kind of just step scrape, step scrape. Yeah. And I realized um, that I had seen that before. Uh, did that remind you of anything? Her, that, that attractive blonde woman doing the strange step scrape mummy yes. dance? What it looked, that it looked a lot of? like uh, Norman, uh, not Norman Fell, like... Um, like uh 
uh, yeah, from was it? Not, that's not the right name I'm looking for, but it's from um, Young Frankenstein. Well, I'm thinking of something actually a lot closer to home. The attractive blonde woman doing the mummy step scrape, step scrape walk, to me, bore a remarkable resemblance to mom's pig walk dance when we oh, were I got you. Yes. When we were playing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Categories. Yeah. Uh I agree. But also, I kept thinking of mom watching watching that character because I thought that Mary Mitchell was was the, the mom would play that role if she was gonna if at the time she had gotten yeah. stuck in doing a movie like this. That well, was, this was 1967. This was she was a young you know yeah. uh, young uh, uh, wasn't exactly a teeny bopper. I was born in 67, but this was her time. This was, the, you know, she'd get all the references in this movie. Yeah. And also, uh, actually, going back to Sig, Sid Haig and uh, his attack on um, on um, Carol Omart, Bette Bowles has reminded us of this line in the movie. <laughs> he gets to eat everything. Everything. <laughs> so there we go. That, that's so, my favorite line from the movie. That That oh is definitely... God my favorite line from the film um well there's a couple of others um if we're gonna go to favorite lines when when um when jill banner has um has uh quinn redeker tied up in the chair and she's doing her spider dance for him yeah and she says, now the spider does a little dance for him. She has to tease him, taunt him, and make him work so that his juice will taste better. Uh, uh, yes, that was something, <laughs> that, something that happened in this movie. That did That's happen that in was this sad. film. This was a naughty film. I'm sure the ratings board just is like, no. You, this is why you have to go into the middle of the desert and show this against the side of a building because we're not going to release this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Sid Haig also, you know, it's like a bit of a film festival for him because he was, he was in Point Blank, which he made the same year that he made Spider Baby. Who was he in Point Blank? He plays uh, one of the security guards in the lobby of the building that. Oh, my gosh. I missed that connection that he gets into. Yeah. I do have to say one of my other favorite lines in the movie is is Carl Schanzer. When when the girls one of the best shots in the movie, when the girls appear at the at the top of the stairs. And they're yes, making, it's great. That shot is spectacular. And he looks up at them and knows that things are not going to go well. And he says, this has gone far enough beyond the bounds of prudence and good taste. <laughs> Another great line. Totally self-referential. Like, you know, they're talking about the movie they're making right now, yes. that this actually yeah. has gone yeah. way and past the bounds. Style. His acting style as well. Beyond yes. the bounds of prudence and good taste. So I love the, you know, you mentioned the Hitchcock references of which there are plenty in this, in, in, in a lot of psycho references and, and in a lot of ways. Oh, the house. Well, Just the it, house itself. It, this is actually kind of like a female Norman Bates story too. Yeah. Because Spider Baby, um, you know, and her sister, they're, they're uh, still in, have a relationship in her communication with their father, who is now a skeleton in a bed in their house. Right. It's very much like Norman Bates. They, you know, they have a, they carry on a conversations with him and yeah, which is also a very Texas chainsaw massacre, which I, I love. I just love how much DNA is in all these other movies from so much Hitchcock. Cause the birds had already come out and psycho had already come out. Yeah. And we have the stuffed birds. All the taxidermy. And he one-ups them by having one of the birds be actually a live owl, yeah. surprisingly, which is really clever. Which gets a great reaction from Carl Schanzer. Yes. <laughs> like everything did. His mustache almost flies off. It was a subtle thing. It spun around and his mustache flew off and hit the wall. 
His bow tie went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> As we said, it's a subtle thing. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I also love the 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 song from the opening credits. Which, oh, it's so good. Yeah. That's what threw me, though, because I didn't realize there was any comic element to this movie. I thought this was just horror. Right. Um, what the hell is this song? Which um, was so much. Uh, rem- first of all, Lon Chaney Jr. sings it. He's right. The, does the vocals, which is and pr- priceless. First of oh, all, incredible. just as a concept, um, and the energy that he puts into it. Yes. Um, and it, it it has to be a reference to Monster Mash too. This song, which was oh, four year four years earlier, I would think so. And 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 in the same in the same um, kind of spirit as the song from the Blob, Beware the Blob was a pop song at the beginning of the Blob, which is a funny, silly song, very Ew. similar. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes. Oh. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a horror staple. It inspired so many things. It's it's certainly. It's got to be one of the earliest, like, straight-up cannibal family movies, you know? Yeah, and there aren't enough of those. There have never been enough of those. Um, I love there's, you know, and then there's a plenty of ridiculous stuff. Like, there's a car wreck and, and, a, and like, a, a chase and a car wreck in which, you know, Lon Chaney's driving this big old car and... There's shots where it's just a close of him in a completely still car pretending that he's driving. Like it's not the car's not moving. There's no background moving at all. Like it's 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 pretty cheap. You know, they had this was shot like, you know, uh, a tree people in in odd from Holland Drive. Like. It's so nuts. But I lo- like this is a movie I will watch again. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm happy to hear it because I, I I didn't know. I thought we were in territory where that you'd just be like, dude, I'm sorry, you're just you're you're sick. This is awful. Well, what what was it we watched a few weeks ago that we disagreed heartily on? Um, and that you were very very upset with. Oh, me. race with the devil. Race with the devil. Yeah. Right. Um, as I was watching this at, at first, I thought I was in race with the devil territory. I and was worried. I loving it. Okay. Um, and as I loved it, I was thinking to myself, oh, Tony's going to think we're in race with the, he think he's going to, he's going to expect a, a fight again. <laughs> that, that I we'll kind of, I, I kind of was, but you know, I wasn't in fighting mood. I just, I was willing to, you know, this is a movie that like if you said like dude this is i can't i can't really fight for it because you i you know you it's spider baby it's like it's it's one of the you know what it is to me it's one of the best movies to play in a bar like this would be on a tv in a bar and it would be the best choice you could yeah except the thing that i think lifts it out of just being a, a total piece of crap is it's it the people who made this clear the cinematographer clearly knew the the, the in, and and the and the production design they clearly knew the history of the the of german expressionism of all those old heart they're, they're referencing it and it and the and it's beautiful to look at yeah so so no, they did a great job so uh, where whereas with with race with the devil there were there was an aspect to it and we don't have to relitigate that but there was an aspect to it where i felt like they don't care enough whereas in this one i felt like they cared a lot and we had to only 12 days and and 37 dollars and 28 cents to do it with um and 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 thirty six of those dollars had to go to Lon Chaney Jr. You know, I mean, uh-huh. but 
I felt like they really cared when they were making this movie. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong about that. I don't know why you have to, you know, when, why you saying something nice about Spider Baby means that you have to say something bad about a, a great movie like Race with the Devil, but <laughs> you have to, you have to keep the scales of justice constantly. Like I'm balanced, I understand, but well, you know, I mean, they, they, they didn't care. I, I, I don't. I think they cared. I think they cared on both accounts. Okay, well, I, I apologize, but. But this movie got me, and there were there were elements of the performances that that really got me. Quinn Quinn Redeker's enthusiastic bone on me throughout the whole thing um, seemed so genuine, and yeah, and, and and good good sportsmanship he was showing yes. through the whole movie, you know. Yes, and, and I loved it, and I I loved knowing that he went on to have a long and thriving career. Um, he did too. Opera. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was on one soap opera for something like twelve years, and another one for fifteen. You know, yeah. the guy did fine and should have. Um, it, I, I do agree that there was something really, um, really charming about the the commitment he made to this ridiculous film that obviously was like you know he was probably going like how the hell did i get involved in this crazy movie yeah. like with lon like lon cheney jr and out in the desert with cannibal spider baby stuff like it's so clearly slumming it for some of these folks and they right. all really just showed up and like and and committed you're right they really did they they yeah. they because I've worked, I've worked under similar circumstances on movies that were as low budget as this, with actors who you know agreed to do them, and then acted like they were doing everybody a freaking favor. Yeah, and he wasn't doing that. He yeah. was invested. And you and you sometimes you mean like they're not just act like on the set, but in their work, you can see yeah. that they're just kind of like not really committing to do it they yeah. don't deign to actually commit to it and yeah yeah so and it's nice to see him and other actors and also like spider baby herself you know like jill banner she committed to that crazy character yeah you know i mean admitted it's it's like part laughing and part you know herschel gordon lewis like it's this weird mixture of of kind of goofy cartoonish uh Adam's family humor with some really extremely gory, like ghoulish, you know, stuff yeah. that was just like the, not... the Adam's family humor and the and the POV and Mitchell's POV shot at the dinner table of the three kids eating. Yes. They, they go through <laughs> all three of them and how they're eating and what they're eating. But yeah. the romance, too, but the romance between Ann Mitchell and Quinn Redeker is. It's actually moving and you're rooting for them. Like you care yeah. about these two. Yeah. They can't find a place to stay that night. They're like, oh, I guess we got to go back to the house. No room at the inn. <laughs> um, and and yeah. I love how you see, like instantly you see right away, uh-oh, okay, romance. They're going to be into each other. And then they are in such a sweet way. Yeah. Um, it felt like, um, you know, what's kind of like a shame. I think this is, I, I like this better than Little Shop of Horrors. I, I think this as a, as a movie, I think it's a more fun movie. I love Roger Corman movies, but that's not my favorite one. Okay. Um, I think this would have made a great resurgence as a musical, as a, as some kind of midnight thing. I, I could see them remaking it as like a and, and turning into some kind of a Rocky Horror thing. To me, it a really has an authentic quality, quality that would let's have translated. Let's get it to Lin Manuel Miranda. He's got he's got some stuff going on though. I think he's kind of busy. busy. Oh, okay. All right. Um, do you uh, think? I don't know. I guess he. Uh, this isn't material like he's done before. So you're no, saying this should be a whole new. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um. The the um 
the house in this, you know, still stands in Los Angeles. Does it? It's in Highland Park near where dad grew up. Okay. And I'm actually going to make a little pilgrimage there. Okay. And take some photographs and send them to you. That's great. But the house used to belong to a, uh, a fella named uh, David Patterson Hatch, who was a judge. And when he retired, he got into the occult and did a lot of writing about it. So that's a little interesting. That's, that is interesting. A little weird. Oh, I want to look, I want to read into that. Yeah. And that was in the early, like around the early part of the 19th, the, the 20th century. So early, well before this movie was made. For sure. Um, so do you remember, where, did they tell you where the house, it was just the exteriors of the house? Because I know the, the interiors were the all sets. Yeah. No, the, the exteriors of the house. Okay. Amazing. It still exists in Highland Park. It's, it's sort of a cultural spot. Wow. Okay. It's been preserved. Uh, and I think preserved because of the judge, not because of this movie. Um, Look, don't, knows? don't, uh, I don't think you, this had a lot of impact, this film. Yes. Okay. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a little pilgrimage there um, down to Highland Park. I, I would do, you know, what would be a great day would be go get some pinks and then go do that and then oh, go to yeah. a drive-in. And then I'll, and then actually drive uh, by the house that dad uh, lived in when they, mm -hmm. when they wagon trained out here uh, from from Brooklyn because you know they they took they, that was a wagon train that they yeah they yeah and they had they had to eat Uncle Larry uh, <laughs> on the way and you know this was a twelve day shoot no air conditioning it it I, the only thing I have to say is it looks like it was about a ten day shoot. <laughs> 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 It looks like it was about 10. Um, but, you know, you want to see uh, you want to see an older, old timey actor sit there and just hold a close up for two minutes and break your heart. Uh, this is this will surprise you. Like there is this moment that, that Lon Chaney has. Yeah. That you're just like not expecting. I, I was you're not really expecting that. No, knocked it out of the park. He really cared about those kids, man. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Um, Were you an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, meet the mummy, whatever? Were you fans of those movies growing up? Uh, no, I have to revisit those. When I was a kid, they, they made me angry. Really? Wow, we are so different. This is amazing because honestly, as a child, that made you angry. Yeah. It was to me, it was disrespecting Frankenstein and the mummy and those guys who were serious. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Monsters. Look, that's hardcore. They were monsters and they weren't they don't be belong in a comedy. Okay. No, that that those aren't that's not funny stuff. I gotcha. Monsters. It's okay. like taking, uh, hey, that's hardcore. I wasn't expecting you to be that. That was like as if, as if, like two years after, uh, after uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, if I showed you a comedy movie involving, um, in, in involving Indiana Jones, I'd be like, no, no, he's serious. He's the, he's the, you know. I I understand. Which is more of a comment on my frame of mind, my neurotic, insanely strange twelve-year-old frame of mind, than it was about <laughs> movies. But no, no, because because you didn't have the 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 Frankenstein experience that I had as a kid, which was you know Adam's bedroom was down the hall, and he had a TV in his bedroom, and I would get up and creep down the hallway quietly into his bedroom and we would put on the scary movies at like one o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and sit yeah. in his bed and watch this the and they were talking about like in the in the 65 66 and understand man and I, 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 I want you to understand something now i have to tell you a story okay this is a story you have to hear now all right here's my frankenstein story 
my two brothers are too old to hang out with and they're hanging out at night with with like girls and stuff and i'm alone with a nanny most of the time who lets me take the black and white television into my room where i get to see frankenstein and dracula and the mummy and all the rko and universal monster movies by myself alone in a room alone without any brothers without anything yeah you, you <laughs> this feel, doesn't feel so doesn't feel so good now does it <laughs> i had to sit there alone with frankenstein and deal with that stuff by myself oh jesus but um no, I, I was my, my, my what I should say is that we have very similar experiences with it. I, I for whatever reason, and I was I was as big a Frankenstein fan as 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 you could be as a little kid. Um, so no, come on, and um, and I didn't mind the humor for some reason. The Abbott and Costello stuff, Costello stuff made me happy. I didn't get angry. Well, it at probably it. helped helped alleviate the the trauma the, the ptsd of, of it. those things alone i didn't though that's the thing horror movies always were like I, I i never got scared mom and dad found out that like the babysitter had let me watch frankenstein alone in my room and they freaked out and they she got into trouble and they asked me if i was okay and i was like, completely fine i was like no i'm great i've just watched a oh, movie where okay. you guys been they see, never that, scared me like that. See, that's that's where you and I are different because the the legend still lives on of Adam and I going to the Beaumont Theater in, <laughs> in San Luis Obispo on Halloween to watch the double feature, I think, of The Man with the X-Ray Eyes and The War of the Worlds. And I lost my shit during yeah. The War of the Worlds and was running up and down the aisle screaming. Like make it stop, make it stop screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, the man with X-ray eyes is disturbing as hell too. Actually, yeah. yeah. So that didn't do you. That would probably would have scared me as a child. Oh, the Beaumont Theater, man with the X-ray eyes, Conga. Conga, come on, fantastic movie. Yeah, Robinson Go Crusoe on Mars. Gorgo. Gorgo. Trog? No, not Trog. We should do Trog. Trog? Trog goes on the list now? Well, it doesn't have to go on. It, I think we should do Trog for Halloween or something. But oh, Trog, okay. Trog is something to see if you haven't seen it. Okay. And, and, and I also feel like, I don't know, like this could be an interesting launch pad into like faster pussycat kill kill. Which this we also movie? talked about. Yeah. Well, should we do that next week instead of what we were talking about doing next week? Um. No. Let's save faster pussycat kill kill for Halloween. Let's do let's do what we said. All right. So next week we are doing oh <laughs> Bet Bull says. Robinson Crusoe <laughs> on Mars, my holy lord. Yeah, it's good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, loved that movie. <clears throat> that was a big deal to me. Um, so next week we've got uh, Damnation Alley. Damnation Alley, indeed. Um, with Jan Michael Vincent and our mom's very dear friend, George Papard. Who are like the same, oddly the same person, but couldn't be more different. They're like actually that's not true is it jan and michael vincent was younger than george Pard. yeah and, and a little bit uh a little eccentric i've heard oh really with. jan michael jan? vincent apparently yes apparently was he airwolf wasn't he airwolf on yeah i think so wasn't he wasn't yeah it was airwolf i believe okay so um, um yeah damnation alley that's the thing we're gonna do um uh anything else to talk about with this movie i mean I, I have we talked enough about carol almert's um 
No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that what she playing, brings to wear to the is playing the 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 uptight nasty cousin who is going to take this home away from those kids and when she finds herself alone in the bedroom strips down to a garter bra panties garter belt all black all black and starts doing a sexy dance around the room for no reason at all i turned to amelia and i was like you all when you put something on, you always twirl around, right? That's how you do it. She's like, yeah, yeah that's how women dress. Yeah. They twirl, they twirl around the room with their clothes yeah. to see how it works. Cause you don't know if you're going to be twirling later that night, you might be, you, you want to make sure those clothes can hang up and hold on to that. Yeah. Hold their shape or something. I, I understand. Yeah. And, and it begs the question of, you know, I, I know that the, the, there are those undergarments and they have a purpose um but <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you are talking about. This is like the oldest show. This is only 78-year-old people would say things like this. Well, but what I understand how it works. There are undergarments that I have a serve a purpose. It was like this is like well, you know, it's like a Bernie campaign speech about the old joke. These are for every day. These are fornication. <laughs> you know that joke? I do. Yeah. So what she was wearing was clearly <laughs> fornication. fornication. Um, and yeah. uh, my, the question was begged: What was the occasion she was expecting? on this evening in this house that uh, she chose to wear those undergarments. I'm going to say the only possible, the only possible explanation was that she thought that uh, Carl Shanzer and her would have a moment alone. Who would want a moment alone with this? But that's the only person that could possibly be, who is she going to try to seduce the the drive the old driver of the estate right, the old caretaker? She didn't, she didn't seem to like Mister Schlocker. Well, what did she? She doesn't have to be dressing for somebody else, Matthew. That's a the very uh, that's a very male gazy thing to say. She was doing that for herself. She felt good. It feels that's how she wanted to dress, <clears throat> and she wanted to do it. You got me. You know, and the, the occasion, the the occasion was. <laughs> Uh, I'm alone and I'm, I'm happy by myself. Leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's Spider Baby. Um, Spider Baby. It's a piece. It's a, such a wonderfully trashy movie that the people who made it knew was cheeky and trashy. And, um, they were just having a good laugh. They were having a good laugh and, and not actually, um, at our expense, um, no, because no. Uh, it it is it really is a pleasurable experience, and if you haven't seen it, you should avail yourselves of it, even though we have spoiled it for you. Where did you catch up with it? Where did you see it? What streaming platform was it I watched, on? I watched it on Vudu. On Vudu, yes, but it's available all the heck over the place. <clears throat> it's on I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I think it might be on on HBO Max. Uh it's easy to get and uh and you should watch it. Did you see anything else in the last uh week that's worth mentioning? I saw Future War um which was good and then not. Oh okay. Um, it's like interesting, interesting, interesting. Suddenly then, not interested. Then, okay, sorry. You you decided to you you sort of decided. Oh, we need a whole other movie added to this movie. Um, on the other hand, it has uh, my 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 friend J.K. Simmons in it, who is always spectacular and wonderful to watch, uh, and he brings some nice stuff to it. Um, well, you mean when he's acting. I don't know if you say it was wonderful to watch. 
if he's acting, shopping, acting. not no shopping. He, it's boring. I've gone shopping on his socks and shoes. I don't no, know if that's he's, fantastic he's to wonderful watch. In, 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 in the movies. He's okay. I got, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. Um, there, but there's some other people in it who are, who are quite good. Uh, and it's an interesting idea. And the alien monsters are actually quite creepy. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. I was um, meaning to see that. Yeah. You might, might, you might enjoy that. Um, and as, as we said, Fear Street, I watched, um, I'm watching right now one of my very guilty pleasures, very, 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 very guilty pleasures. I'm catching up with The Rookie on ABC because I'm just a huge Nathan Fillion fan and I don't care who Oh, knows. that's Nathan Fillion's show. Okay. Yeah. Well, who, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's like he's the most just- charming thing that ever walked around. Well, and he actually is kind of uh, similar in a way to um, to Quentin Redeker in that I, no matter what he is doing, he brings everything he has and good humor to it. I agree with you there. He's uh, yeah, he's great. I, yeah. I, I guess uh, like a lot of people, I found out about him on uh, on um, Firefly. Firefly, yeah, and I loved Castle. I was a big fan of Castle, and uh, and I'm also I just started watching um, Big Sky, which uh, is you know it, it's network television, but uh, it's got some interesting stuff in it, and it also has the the always fantastic John Carroll Lynch. Oh wow, he's so good. Um, He's and, so good uh, in a very interesting and different kind of role for him. Uh, so that, that I'm enjoying watching. Uh, and uh, one thing that's been interesting watching, watching both big sky and watching fear street is, is seeing watching not just the streaming services, but also the networks really making an effort to be more <laughs> inclusive in, in very positive ways. Um, there is a, um, a, uh, transgender, uh, character in, in, in big sky, uh, used, you know, where, where they're, they're bringing characters, uh, into much more into the mainstream. Uh, and, and it's, it's really nice to see that. And then in fear street, the fact that, the, the main characters are high school students and and in a, in a lesbian affair and it is just part of the story the, there's no comment on it it's not oh we're we're breaking ground it's just uh, part of the story and it's great to see uh, mainstream media working so hard to normalize things that in the past have been othered Yes, true. Very true. Um, and 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 that is probably the last uh, socially responsible thing I will say on this show. I was going to say, I want to talk to my brother, Matthew. Uh, I need to see him. Tell him I was looking for him. Thank you. Yes, because normally <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not known for, for, for saying things that that pay any attention to anybody's no, thoughts. I, I I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I think it is great to see. I think you know, uh there's a phase of stuff that has to do with like kind of uh wearing it all on its sleeve where uh, storytelling got a little bogged down for a while and and to me now I I really do appreciate that these these people and characters are being just they're just part of the story now and it doesn't have to be about you know, um, the political ideals or ideas anymore. It can be about stories that are just like everybody said, let's just have everybody working together. Let's just have everybody in this together. And now, like you say, that normalization of it uh, has been really freeing for story. I think it's been really liberating for storytellers too. Oh, the other place they did it in Fear Street was the brother and sister where she's Caucasian and he's black. And they, they never feel the need to explain how or why that happened 
Uh, no, they just don't mention it really. Yeah, they um, don't. They don't say, "Oh, well, somebody was adopted or somebody got remarried." It's just yeah. this is my brother, this is my sister, and this is a normal family in the world right now. And mm -hmm. that's that's great because, as you say, we have there like they were wearing it on the sleeve for a while. You'd see something like that, and and there'd be all these like explanations in the plot of how right that everything would become about. <laughs> you know, that situation of, of, of them living in that town and being a mixed family thing. Now it's yeah. just the actors can get the jobs and then they can do a movie about killing zombies and, and, and right. doing crazy stuff just like right. everybody's wanted to. So, right. And we don't have to yeah. address those other things. And that's a big, big step forward. I mean, granted, I guess addressing those things in storytelling is part of the process. It's key to, also educate audiences that look you're gonna this is the world we live in and you're gonna see right. this in movies now um but i feel like uh it's it's just people have uh adapted to this and 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 grown from it and just moved on with with new kinds of storytelling without apologizing for it which right. is really cool and 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 as we said, that's the last time you'll hear anything serious from. Well, me. who who cares what we have to say about it? It's not that's, exactly that's you know why anybody would uh, <clears throat> tune into to our show. That's to, right. To hear our woke wokened comments about anything <laughs> ridiculous half half attempts at being human. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, on that note, next week. Next week Damnation is uh, Alley. Damnation Alley, another crazy, uh, crazy movie from yeah. the 70s. Please come back and join us for that. And uh, in the meantime, you know, I hope you have lots of really, really good food this week. Yeah, I do. I hope you have food too. Yeah. Good right. or just lots of it. Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.